awesome. Well, welcome back to the SDR Handbook Podcast. We have Max Schwartz on today from Gradient AI, who actually is a senior SDR there, but has also in his past been actually an enterprise senior enterprise SDR at uh, companies like Toast, and then also uh, was an SDR at edX. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I know it's a, it's a funny one, but um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on today, Max. Thanks, Taylor. Yep. And you, you got it right. Um, Toast and edX. So you know how to say both of those. Yeah. Um, happy awesome. to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I guess kind of just swinging into things. Um, as I said, you're at Gradient and AI, and I know there's this huge AI boom um, right now, just in general, whether that's obviously all kind of started with ChatGBT. Um, it seems like that kind of was the catalyst for everyone looking into AI. And obviously you're at um, Gradient AI, which um, I'm just curious if being in the AI space, I'm sure a lot of companies are seeing more people flock and look into this technology. And I'm, I'm curious how that has affected um, since I haven't actually spoken to a lot of people in this space, how this has affected maybe inbound world for an SDR in um, this space, or have you seen more people open to those conversations when you call them in your space, or has it kind of been mute um, when it comes to this? I'm kind of like just curious how that trickles, the trickle down effect um, for someone like yourself at a company in AI. Yeah, yeah. So it's been trickling for for quite a while, I would I would say. I hear people yeah. talk about AI as as kind of starting in the insurance context, at least with um, mm -hmm. some you know advanced actuarial models that started in the '90s. So this yep. is definitely new with ChatGPT, but it it almost sounds like you're asking me, you know, if I'm if I'm using things like ChatGPT to to do my work. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not consciously using AI in my work yet as part of inbound or or outbound. Um, you know, with, with that said, I, I, I use Grammarly. Um, I, I highly recommend a free Grammarly to everybody. I think everybody should use that. Um, and that's impacted my work positively from, from day one. Um, and then there are other ways that AI like impacts my work without me even realizing it, which, which lends itself to this idea that it is pretty ubiquitous already, but something like ChatGPT has really brought it into everyone's view. Okay. And so how and you said so ai has been used and you're like i guess give context as to like what gradient ai does um as a company like what do you guys do happy to yeah so yeah. we help claims and underwriting professionals to augment their ability to predict risk on a claim and to predict risk on a policy um mm -hmm before it's actually been bound as, as an insurance policy. So when an application is made, we can predict the risk there. So that's essentially what we're doing. We're enabling claims and underwriting professionals with advanced artificial intelligence. Okay. And so with that, like now that, you know, obviously you guys have AI in the name. And so I'm curious how maybe that's affected, like do more, have you seen more business come in because now AI is being used more by the general population or does nobody like, has that not really changed? Um, if you get what I mean? Yeah. So in insurance, I would say that I am riding the wave of the insure tech, okay. the insure tech wave. So, yep. you know, there, there is definitely a well-established um, knowledge base that people have around AI but they are definitely becoming more open to those 
to those kinds of conversations where, hey, will you take some time to learn about some advancements that have been made? So yeah. there is definitely, um, you know, I think that starting a conversation with gradient AI in the first couple of sentences does does pique some interest there for sure. Okay, and so you're saying, so it's been more so writing in sure tech, which obviously is a huge market. That's become a huge thing over the past 10 ish years. Um, I mean, from personally, like looking at, I'm sure maybe it's been longer. So it's more so writing that wave than it is this new wave of people knowing more about like things like chat GBT and being more exposed to this new world of AI um, over the past few months. Yeah, I haven't noticed an uptick. Um, if anything, I think that, you know, the, the, uh, the instances of chat GPT, the actual words chat GPT being used in outreach and people trying to sound smart by saying AI <laughs> didn't write this for me, that kind of thing is probably led to almost, um, you know, a crowded marketplace. Um, okay. But those same fears that people have around AI, those, those are pretty, pretty common um, and, and, and pretty frequent. So those fears and objections that people have while they're willing to hear it's it's a pretty it's a pretty common thing to come across in ai sales okay yeah though that's interesting to see that you haven't felt like this massive influx has come in it's kind of just been you know business as usual to to an extent um to an ex to an extent yes yes yeah. okay and, and so speaking on that so obviously you're at gradient ai now like we said at the beginning you've gone from you, you were at a company before Toast, but from an SDR perspective, um, you've been at Toast and then edX and then um, now at Gradient AI. And I'm curious, as someone who's jumped because Toast is in the restaurant industry, edX is in you know courses, and I've actually done some, I think, through like Harvard's free courses, I think are done through edX. Um, and then now being at Gradient AI, which is like, you, like we've you know, mentioned here, like in the insurance um, industry, how has that been like jumping from industries like that? And, um, you know, what, how have you dealt with that change over or like, what has that been like as an SDR having to sell into different industries every time you switch to a different company? Yeah. So I definitely have kind of chopped and changed and I've, I've, uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've gained a lot of different experiences. So I appreciate you, uh, you recognizing that. Um, I think how I've kind of like adapted the, the number one thing is, um, I've been kind to myself from day one in a new job, and I've given myself lots of time to to fail, um, space yep. to fail. You know, it's it's huge. Um, but putting, regardless of the industry, like putting myself in in the shoes of the prospects, that that makes a huge difference. Um, like you said, I've targeted before Toast even that was still a sales development role with a company mm -hmm. um, where I was targeting marketing executives. So I've targeted marketing. Uh, restaurant owners in SMB and in enterprise, um, learning and development professionals with, with edX, and now insurance analytics leaders. Um, but like at the end of the day, all of those people, they, they just, they have lives like, like me and you, right? So yep. if, if I happen to, to, to strike up a conversation with them on a park bench, like Forrest Gump style or something <laughs> like that, you know, their, their industry isn't necessarily going to change what I talk to them about. Um, it might steer the conversation to some extent, but they're still just people. Um, I, I do. I will say that on on this note, I, I worked before 
I got a start in the corporate world, I worked at a sausage cart at Fenway Park. And um, okay. the first the first thing that a, a very good friend of mine who works there told, told me was that, you know, you, you'll meet and work with all, every sort of person in, in this job, you know, like rich, poor, young, old, drunk, sober, and, and everywhere in between, yeah. right? So he, he was right, like wor working long summer nights and summer days during those home stands, um, that helped me to kind of hone the ability to speak with all sorts of people in all sorts of frames of mind. So yeah, I think were you having to yeah, were you having to like stop people in like the middle of the street to try and get them to come over? Or did you have a pretty good, you know, inbound funnel of people coming to, to buy from you? Or? Yeah, the inbound funnel happened usually toward more so at the end of the night when the, you know, the stadium <laughs> would empty and people yeah. would be, you know, nice and lubricated, let's say, yeah. and would, uh, <laughs> you know, they, there would be more of an inbound funnel then. Then it was a case of, um, big lines starting at the cart and it was my job to go and get everybody's money and get their order so oh, that okay. we have their money and they're going nowhere you know yeah. um but there was plenty of outbound as well they some people call it barking where you know yeah. you're, sh okay. you're shouting out about about your goods and you're selling your wares in a very public way so it was fantastic did you have like certain things that you would say or like things that you go to to bring people in or I did. Yeah. And for entertainment <laughs> value, it's probably good to, to maybe give you a hint or two of one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the cart was outside as opposed to inside the stadium. And so it's like quicker and better out here. Take the food in the ballpark, you know, yeah. sausage, hot dog, cold yeah. drinks. So that's that'll get a kick out of some people if they see this seeing me actually doing that but uh it was really really fun but it was more about adapting to lots of situations and speaking to people and learning more about humanity which has made it easier to yeah. adapt to new spaces and new sectors yeah so i guess cold calling from because i'm assuming you're probably cold calling you know, I'm assuming like most SDRs right now, just from your laptop or calling through like an outreach or sales loft or whatever the case may be. Um, and I can only imagine that's like almost, I'd say that's easier to do that than it is to, like you said, barking for, you know, people to come over to, you know, um, to your cart. Like that must have been awesome to do that and then see how easy and not maybe not so much easier, but how that affected, you know, you going into these roles where, you're essentially doing the same thing, just in a different way. You're still selling people to come over, right? Absolutely. And and it certainly didn't help, or it certainly didn't hurt my application to Toast when mm -hmm. I had this relatively unusual <laughs> yeah. experience. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good days for sure. I did it for, I think, th three and a half seasons um, in a row. Okay. So. Nice. Love that. Well, that's awesome. Um, and so... Kind of go back to what you had mentioned about switching over industries. I'm curious, like um, from restaurants to you know talking to learning um, uh, managers and, and such with edX. I'm curious if you had like over these, like if I'm an SDR and I'm I might be doing the same thing or thinking about moving into um, another industry. Was it pretty like uh, you know copy paste in the sense of okay, I knew I know how to do cold calls, I know how to do my emails. It's kind of copy paste into the the new industry. Or were there things that you had to do that um, were very industry specific in how you um, went about that outreach in a cold call script or um, emailing um, 
when you you were you were switching um yeah yeah so how how did it change how did my outreach tactics kind of change from industry to industry and how how did i adapt to those to those changes yeah that and like did you have this ability to be able to like say okay my cold call can still be you know this structure and i'm going to keep it this structure um you know what i mean i think the most important thing in a cold call um is is the beginning of a cold call like you 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 gotta ask the persons you gotta acknowledge that you're calling them out of the blue and you gotta acknowledge that it's probably not the best time for them and you have a second to hear why i reached you in the first place so unless i'm calling a restaurant which i called many of at, at toast um you know, those, those, those situations, a, a hostess or a server might be actually answering the phone. And so they're, they're, they're used to take out orders and they're used to just quick information. So you're not going to kind of, you're, you're not going to go about it that way. But if you're calling like um, a corporate professional, um, that is a copy and paste part. Like how I've started almost all of my cold calls has remained very similar. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So even over those, and it's good for someone. If I'm an STR right now listening to this, I'm ain't gonna make that change. If I'm talking to higher level people, then maybe it changes. It stays the same in the same like structure sense. But I was curious about what you had mentioned before about, um, you know, making that change and um, changing how you approached maybe your main tactics or your channels of which you're using. Um, how did those change over time as well? Um, yeah. Yep, I've always been a big fan of cold calls. That's that's definitely my my go-to. Always has been. Um, how has it changed over time? Well, I've I've certainly kind of analyzed the tactics that I'm using um, more more often, um, figuring out. You know, I've been call heavy this month, and my volume and my meetings are down. Maybe I need to up the emails. Um, but I think it has been pretty consistent. LinkedIn. Um, you know, kind of social selling on LinkedIn to some extent, not as well as some of your previous guests do it. Um, but LinkedIn emails and calls is pretty, pr pretty standard. Okay, so you just stay true to the hey, emails, cold, cold calls yeah. and, and LinkedIn. If you were to if you were to look at my all time activities across my career, there's definitely a very heavy skew to phone calls. Makes sense. I, I think, think the that's like as well. Yeah, that's where you're going to get those like quick wins per se, obviously not always that quick if you're calling, you know, 50 people and then you finally get that answer and then you, you book them through that, but uh, makes sense. And so um, with that said, like you've now been at these, like we've, we've mentioned many a time in this podcast that you've, you've been at multiple different um, companies and teams. I'm just curious then with that, you've seen these different dynamics at um, these teams and I'm curious what you know, maybe you don't have to say which company exactly was your favorite team, but I'm just curious, what was your favorite team? Um, and why was that your favorite team? Um, just because if, you know, you're an SDR out there, you're an SDR manager thinking about how do I create this really good dynamic that people love um, within their SDR team? What did that look like for you? And of course, you don't have to name names. But, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I have been extraordinarily lucky to, to work, gain various experiences more more than most i think before while they're still in sdr at least um you know so wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to like create some sort of a, a frankenstein job that 
has all those different aspects that you liked, right? Um, so like the easy answer, what what makes a team good is like the, the successful ones where people are making lots of money. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely fun to be recognized as as like top dog at the end of a quarter at a, you know, among a high performing team at a, at a very fast growing company. Um, success breeds success. So I'm always happy to be part of a team that is filled or at least contains some top performers. Um, when I really think about it though, like the, the teams that I've enjoyed the most aren't necessarily the ones where I was earning the most or experiencing the most competition from my peers. Uh, for, for sure, like how much commission I'm earning and how I'm actually earning it is, is a huge contributing factor. But um, personally, I, I operate best in a team where, where I'm trusted to get the results and to generate the quality meetings in the way that, that I was hired to do and in the way that I know how. Um, even if that means that on a given day, my out, outreach volume could actually be low. Um, when I think about it like a manager, there's a fine balance to strike between not micromanaging and, and being too hands off. Um, like I, I want to feel trusted to call on a, on a support system that I take faith in just, just for granted. I have so much confidence in the support system around me that I know I can definitely go there if I, if I need to. Um, so yeah, tight, tight ship, you know, you want, you yeah. want, you want to feel confident on, on the ship that you're in. Um, I think that also applies to being comfortable taking a break. Like when I don't think this gets enough attention in sales in general. Like when, when you take PTO, which, which I regularly do, um, mm -hmm. you want to be confident in leaving your computer behind. You know, I, I think that you want to be confident in your team having your back. So that's, that's huge as well. Yeah, no, that, those are great points. I love how you went from the VM. Like, obviously you can make great money. You can do all that, but also it's great to be on this team that, you don't feel like you're being micromanaged because maybe you are making a ton of money, but you're getting asked a gazillion questions every day. You're having to, you know, be micromanaged and that's not, you know, the funnest where maybe I can make a, you know, maybe a little bit less money and not be micromanaged. Then my life is just a lot less stress-free because I don't have this manager messaging me every five seconds um, about this thing. So um, I love to even see in just like the contrast, you know, at the beginning as you're talking about, um, even that point, and then moving on to talking about how being not micromanaged and being able to be given the space to do my job, which in an SDR world, it's like you have so, so many ups and downs. It's hard to be micromanaged anyways, if, you know, they are micromanaging you just because, you know, maybe one day you get nothing like compared to, you know, an engineer that might, you know, be coding all day and getting something done, you know, an SDR might not book any meetings, but, you know, to an extent, they are still getting somewhat done, but there's no tangible results that you can see. Um, so yeah. I love that. I think that it's in that, in just, just on that note, like I celebrate getting somebody's direct line or getting somebody's extension number or finding out that they're not interested and they've been a, a bad fit. Um, that, that for me is a win. Like if I don't book a meeting on one day, I'm, I'm taking the wins where, where I can get them. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and then one of my last question is just understand, like you went to, um, and here I, I have the school, so I want to make sure you went to university, um, uh, college Dublin. Um, and then 
I cannot pronounce this for the life of me, but um, the Institute of Art, Design and Technology. Um, and I won't pronounce the first name because I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, you went to those schools. And so I'm curious how, you know, it seemed like a lot of where you learned about sales to an extent might've been, you know, barking and um, getting people to come to your cart. But I'm curious, like, did any of your schooling help you prepare it, um, prepare you for, you know, this these roles that you've been in? Um, and what were those? So, you know, people who are making that transition over from school to SDR, what can they pull from their schooling um, that maybe someone like yourself did um, as well? Sure. Yeah. And so those both of those schools um, are, are in Dublin, Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, University College Dublin is UCD. I didn't graduate from there. I, I went there for one year and then I switched, switched courses, switched universities. Um, the other one is IADT, the Institute of Art, Design and Technology. It's pronounced Dun Leary. Dun Leary. Okay. I would have never said that right. And I have, so I have a last name that no one can say right. I could not say that right. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It's, there's, there's very unusual sounds in there for the letters that are there um but fantastic school i i can't speak highly enough of of that of that school it's relatively small um so like are, are like are you at like how how did school how yeah, did was there was there anything yeah was there anything that you learned or that you developed while in school that then you now take into your day-to-day -day? or has basically all of that been um forgotten like i myself went to more of a technical school that um had like sales specific courses so i learned um a little bit from that and was able to take it but i was just curious if there's anything specific that you've taken away and said hey this actually helps me in my day-to-day -day now um, or maybe there isn't like that could be the case as well but i was just curious what that looks like for someone like yourself yeah sure so you mentioned a technical degree for yourself maybe you said that because of the name of my college um as a matter of fact i i completed a business degree there like a, ba a bachelor's of business um so very very fun experience and like i got a lot of security and satisfaction from my experience there um just as a young person to be in college and to have time to think about your future was was good um you know i you alluded to it already like practically, I, I don't actually use any of the skills I supposedly learned during my studies. Very practical things were taught that I haven't necessarily remembered or applied. Um, others who graduated from my course did. Um, so, you know, I, I learned how to actually sit down, focus, and get good results from, from effort, you know, like studying and, and being an engaged learner. Um, you know, <laughs> I still listen to a Chopin piano playlist on, on Spotify oh, yeah. from my college days when, when I have to do admin work and it just automatically sends me into that focused mode. It's, it's actually, it, it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but juggling life's responsibilities was, was also really good practice in college, like um, social life and, and European style clubbing and part-time <laughs> jobs and relationships. They, they didn't detract from, from the success that I actually achieved there. Um, I'll give you an example of like being resourceful in college as well. Like when, when you have a, a lot going on, being resourceful is, is definitely a good way to deal with it. Um, so the example is like, I had to search and find a semester long internship as part of, as part of one of my, one of my years. Um, I, I just 
chance, I took a took a pop at uh, Googling businesses near me. And I found the perfect opportunity that was operating from an office in the back garden of a house that was like three doors up from my house. And so, you know, it eliminated my commute before the days of work from home. And and it meant that I could actually easily get to my part time job and manage everything. So being resourceful and something as simple as Googling businesses near me was a lesson that I've kind of taken taken with me, too. Okay. No, that's awesome. I love the resourcefulness and taking that out. Like there's these skills that you learn while at school that necessarily weren't in the classroom, but like, they're just things that occurred because you were in school and having to, you know, survive and, and get school done at the end of the day. Um, exactly. No, love that. Exactly. Um, well, no, really appreciate you coming on Max. I think there's tons in here um, that anyone can take away, especially what you had mentioned about you know, moving from industry to industry, a lot of SDRs do do that. So to know, be able to take away what you've learned um, from moving from toes to edX to now gradient AI. Um, and then I think just even what you mentioned about school, I think being able to take away these certain things and utilize that in your day to day is a huge skill to be able to take away, you know. Um, but no, I think this has been a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I just want to hand things over to you for you know, let them know uh, where they can find you, um, you know, and, and whatever else you'd like to say before we hop off. Sure. Thanks, Taylor. Um, you guys can find me on LinkedIn at Max Schwartz. I work at Gradient AI, so you can find me there. Um, happy to connect with anyone. I do want to mention while I have the opportunity that like my experience and trajectory has been relatively unusual. I do see other examples of people kind of taking four years to be as an SDR and jumping from company to company, um, I would encourage anybody who is, um, you know, presented with that potential or is actually in the middle of something like that or is is feeling bad or anything like just just focus on you and do what's best for you and, um, you know, get better at what you're doing. I, I've more than doubled my salary since I first started as an SDR. So there is tremendous earning potential. And, and I don't think anybody has anything to be ashamed of about not being an AE after a year. So I think that is pretty applicable to a lot of your listeners. Love that. Love that. I love anyone listening that heard, heard double my salary is probably uh, more than double. Really more than double. Love it. More than double. Love <laughs> it. Um, yeah, we'll appreciate it, Max and we'll uh, hop off now. Thanks. Thanks.